Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to go together to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. What we're going to do is we're going to work our way towards that passage of Scripture. Something I forgot that I want to mention to you is um, I really want to encourage you, if you did not pick up uh, the paper last week, it is out on the table in the lobby. It is 30 Days of Gratitude. We're taking a journey as a church this month of November How many of you know that we can get so used to the good things we have, it just becomes commonplace? I want to encourage you to take the journey with us, and my prayer is that our hearts will be filled with gratitude, and that you'll notice it's it's there, it is well every day on Facebook, on the church's Facebook page, we are posting uh, those same scriptures, and uh, so I just want to encourage you to join with us on our 30 days uh, of gratitude. You know, Jesus in John chapter number 10 made a declaration, and it was a a declaration that was really prophetic in nature. Jesus spoke words uh, concerning you and concerning me before you and I were even born. It was words of purpose. Jesus said there in John 10, I have come that you may have life, And you may have it to the full. Jeremiah, the prophet, empowered by the Holy Spirit, also spoke the heart of the Father in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he said, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. You know, a lot of times people say, well, it's just, uh, you know, there are difficult things we're going to go through and we're going to experience and not everything's wonderful. I would tell you today, this is not the words of man. This passage says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This life that Jesus Christ promised is a life that is full. It's a life that is abundant. It's a life that is vibrant. It's a life that is incredible. Jesus described it in this way. It's a full life. It's complete. It's a life that is whole. And I would submit to you today, it's a life worth living. This life cannot be found in money, possessions, status, or notoriety. This type of life, though lived on planet Earth, cannot be sustained by anything anything, and I want to underscore that, by anything found on this earth. This life we're talking about can only be found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The path of true life is only found in Jesus. I would tell you today that if you want a life that will weather the storms of this life, then Jesus is your man. If you want a life that will be here today and will still be here tomorrow, then Jesus Christ is your answer. If you want a life that will not fade off, fade away, leave you or walk away from you through the trials of life, then you can trust in the words of Deuteronomy 31 and 8. He will never, somebody say never. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the author, the sustainer, and the perpetuator of life. John spoke of him when he said, in him was life. Life is found in Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the key elements that enable you and I to live this kind of incredible life in Jesus Christ. Living this life is dependent upon, and 
And really, this kind of sums it all up, if you will, in one sentence. Living this life is dependent on you and I surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I I, I have to make a disclaimer before we begin. Today, we're going to be talking about the Lordship of Christ, and we're going to be talking about us surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. But, But unequivocally, I want to tell you, Jesus is Lord. Now, some of you heard me. I I probably need to say that again. Uh, Unequivocally, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. It doesn't matter whether you acknowledge it, he's still Lord. It doesn't matter what man says, Jesus is Lord. Whether you submit or surrender to him, he'll still be Lord. Even though you and I call ourselves Christians. That doesn't mean that you have made Jesus the Lord of your life. That's a big statement right there. It's about you and I bending our knee to the Lordship of Christ. You you and I may want the abundant life that is found in Jesus, but unless we truly make Jesus Lord, and, and by that I mean we submit. How many of y'all know submit is not a word we like? You know, there was a time many years ago when we did uh, wedding ceremonies, and we used a word in the wedding ceremony that will get you killed today. <laughs> you know, when we say I'll be true and I'll be all those things, there was a word that was in the wedding vows. How many of y'all know what word I'm talking about? It was the word submit. You say that to a young woman today and she'll uh, raise one eyebrow and look at you. (laughs) Something about the word submit we don't like. Something about the word submit that says, whoa, 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 wait a minute, that's probably not for me. Something about the word submit speaks to the fact that there are some things I think I know better than anybody else on in my life even when it comes to Jesus Christ. You and I will never experience, and I really want to underscore this, we talk a lot about the life, the abundant life, the full life, the free life. You can't be free unless He's Lord. You can't have joy unless He's Lord. You, You can't have peace unless he's Lord. You can't be free of anxiety unless he's Lord. If you're still Lord, you're going to have anxiety and frustrations and worries and cares on and on and on the list can go. If Jesus is Lord, you can live the life we find in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Unless you make him the Lord of your life, striving, and that's a really important word there, striving to live this abundant life is a lesson in futility. Unless you make him Lord of your life. Now, when I say that, I just told you a minute ago, he is Lord no matter what you do, but there comes a point where I submit under his lordship and I say, Lord, I bend my knee You are Lord over my life. You make the call, not me anymore. Years ago, we sang a song that said, I surrender all. He is described, and you wonder, well, why why would I do something like that? Why, Why would I yield my freedom? Why would I yield everything? Listen, you will never know freedom until you know him as Lord. You and I will never, ever find the life. Man, Lord, give me words today. It's no wonder we keep striving. It's no wonder we keep in this this state of flux where we're constantly changing because we haven't yet bent our knee. He has described, this is the reason why we would make him Lord. Colossians 1, that's where I told you we were going to work to. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18, it says this, The Son, 
speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For, notice these words, for in him, somebody say in him. him. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Notice this, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, there's that phrase again, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. Somebody says, when did Jesus show up? If you think Jesus just showed up in Bethlehem, you've missed the story. He is before Bethlehem. He said it of himself. He said, before Abraham, I was. (laughs) He is before all things, and in him, in him, here we find it again, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that, key word here, and everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. In everything. In everything. In heaven and on earth. He might have supremacy in the heavens with the angels and he might have supremacy in my life and in your life. The passage clearly stakes his claim of lordship. This morning, I want to walk through this passage together. The first thing we find in this passage is this. Jesus Christ is not like anybody else. He is distinctive. What does that mean? It means he's incomparable. He is unparalleled. He is unparalleled. Equaled. It's not like good and evil. You know, a lot of times in the world we talk about good and evil. We kind of make them out to be even. There is no one equal to him. I heard someone say recently he has many pretenders but no parallels. He has many counterfeits but no contenders. There are many imposters but only one Emmanuel, God with You will notice that it says Jesus the Son is the image of the invisible God. The word image is the same word that we get the word from that uh, the word we would use icon. Icon. It's the idea of a statue when, when it says Jesus is the image of God. He is more than just superficial likeness. It's more than he just resembles the older I get, people tell me I resemble my eldest brother. I don't know if it's the age thing I'm resembling older or if I'm just looking more like him. But they say, you resemble. There's a distinct difference between my brother Larry and I. This passage says that he, speaking of Jesus, is the image of God, which means he is the exact replica or representation of God the Father. Hebrews 1 and 3 describes it even better. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. John 14 and 8, Jesus told the disciples, if you've known me, you've known the Father. Also in verses 8 and 9, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. I'm sure Jesus got frustrated so many times with these guys. He would tease them and then they'd say, you know, Philip speaks up and says, Lord, listen, if you'll just show us the Father, it will suffice us. He had to be not only fully man and fully divine, because if he was just fully man, he'd have smacked the fire out of those boys. (laughs) He says, Philip, Philip, I've been with you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
Jesus is the exact image of God the Father. If you've ever wondered what God the Father is like, just look at Jesus. If you've ever wondered if God is loving, look at Jesus. If you've ever wondered if God is capable of righteous anger, look at Jesus. If you've ever wondered, does God care for me? And the burdens that I carry in this life, all you've got to do is look at Jesus. Scripture says Jesus reveals the Father to us. Every characteristic you've ever wondered about God, notice this, is found in Christ because He is the image of God. Verse 15 says He is the firstborn over all creation. Now that word firstborn means unique in rank, unique in privilege. We know in the history of humanity about unique and special privileges being given to the firstborn. It has been said, though, that Jesus is the greatest phenomenon to ever cross the horizon of this world. I tell you today this, you will never find a friend that is dearer than Jesus. You will never find a more faithful Savior. You will never find a more awesome revelation of who God is. It's found in Jesus Christ. He is unique. There's none like him. It goes on to say, Jesus is the creator, verse 16, for in him all things were created. Think about that for a minute. For in him all things, all things, all things, all things. How many, how many things does that mean? All? Well, does it mean this? All things? We're so used to exclusions in our world. We're, we're so used to the fine print, aren't we? We think, well, well, how about this? And how about that? I think it says for in him all things. Well, did he create that crazy looking bird on that crazy island? For in him all things were created. Jesus Christ is the instrumentation God used in creation. When you think of all the things that have been created, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the creator. This week I did some exploring, and this week I did some reading and some research, and when we look at science and we consider the knowledge of our world and the things around us, we, we see things continually. You know, when, when I read about a scientist's degrees and their knowledge, sometimes I go, why do I even open my mouth and talk? I, I, I am astounded by their understanding. But the world we live in, scientists yet are still stumped. They can't, they can't figure out how things came to be. And, and they can't figure out how these incredible things work. But, but when you read the Bible, listen, this, remember last week we talked about the phrase, it's the phrase, I believe. I believe. I believe. You see, when you read the Bible and you ascribe to that philosophy of I believe, it becomes very simple. Jesus Christ is the creator. When you compare the size of the universe in which you and I live, it is beyond our ability to comprehend. I shared this with Paula this morning on the way in. I love these kinds of, uh, these kinds of thoughts. The speed of light. 186,000 miles per second. If you were to travel 186,000 miles per second for seven hours, you know, that, that's kind of like getting in the car and driving to Gatlinburg, except you're not going 186,000 miles per second. Some of y'all try, <laughs> but it's not it. If you were to travel 186,000 miles per second for seven hours, you would just be getting to the edge of Pluto. Wow. 
as you travel through space, and space is a very good word for it because only one one trillionth of space is inhabited by planets. The rest is just space. If you consider the planets in our solar system, if we were to put a replica of it up, and we were to put it to scale, imagine for a moment that the earth is a size. How many of y'all have ever e- e- eaten a Tic Tac? If the earth were the size of a Tic Tac, Jupiter would have to be 1,000 feet away. Pluto, if, we, if earth was the size of a Tic Tac, Pluto would have to be a mile and a half away. They always told us Pluto was at the edge of our solar system, but that list of planets is only one fifty thousandth of our own solar system. Wow. Planet Earth is one of a kind in our solar system, but there are billions, and underscore the word, billions of stars in our galaxies. Astronomers believe there are 140 billion galaxies with billions of stars in each one of them. I don't know about you, but when I read stuff like that, I just have to shake my head and go, can't get it, can't get it. My friend, if you want to know about Jesus, our Savior, he is the second person of the Trinity, and he stood and spoke all of creation into existence, not only the things we can see, but the things we cannot see. Colossians 1 says he's distinctive. It says that he is the creator. Notice Colossians 1 and 16, 4 in him all things were created, things in the heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Everything, everything in all creation exists because of him. He was not just a good man, a prophet, a teacher. Jesus Christ is the creator. The sun continues to shine. Because of Jesus. You might wonder why does Saturn have rings? Because of Jesus. Why does the oceans only come so far onto the land? Because of Jesus. Why do we see the beautiful blue sky and the white fluffy clouds? Because of Jesus. Why do you and I exist today? Because of Jesus. He is the creator of all things. Mankind has been filled with the temptation from time to time to think that he doesn't need God. I can live this life without him. Somehow we've come to the point we feel like that God is an elective in our lives. It's not about what God wants for me. It's more about what I want for me. But I will tell you that only works if you do not recognize him as the creator. Because when you see him as creator, you understand he's Lord. Romans 14, 11 says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee, underscore that word, every knee, every knee, every knee, past, present, and future, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue, every tongue, even those who say he doesn't exist, every tongue will acknowledge God. Friend, on one day all of creation is going to stand before him and they will confess these words, Jesus Christ is Lord. We find in the passage as well, not only is he the creator, he's the originator. Colossians 1 and 17, he is, I love this phrase, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. If he is before all things, then how many of you know he is the owner of it all? That's a concept we haven't often settled into. If he is before, then he owns it. He is supreme. He has the final word. Now, we understand that principle in our world today. It's the phrase, I was here first. Now, we're getting ready to come up on Black Friday and... uh, 
since we don't know what Black Friday is going to be like this year, we don't know if there's going to be lines, if, if there'll be anything to get. I saw a, a thing on Facebook and it showed people and it said, this year's Black Friday and it was people swimming out to the cargo ships. <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be like this year, but I can tell you this. If there is a line and uh, they got there at 5 a.m. and 8 o'clock, the line doesn't open till 10 and you get there at 8 and you just walk up and you say, hey, I appreciate you holding this little place for me right up in front of the line. How many of you are probably going to get a response? And I don't know. In fact, they'll probably use some words that, that, that we can't use here in church. They would use some words, but their motive behind it would be this phrase, I was here first. Before you, before your grandparents, I have recently been since my mother's death, I have been researching a lot of my family's history, and I, this week, was reading information on my great-great-great-grandfather who was born in 1802. Preachers in a long line of my history. Before all of those... Before an endless list of people, back to the beginning, all things, he was there. Since he is first, it is only right that we should surrender our lives to him. What will happen on Black Friday is you may try to get at the front of the line, but there will come a point where you will surrender and let them be first. The best thing you and I can do is to surrender our first place to Jesus Christ. Friend, if you want to live an abundant life, if you want to live a life that is free, a life that is vibrant, a life that is joy, peace, you need to surrender and let him be first in your life. Now, it doesn't say he was before all things, but I love this part. It says, in him all things hold together. In him. In him, all things hold together. Jesus Christ is the power behind every force in the universe. He is gravity. He is centrifugal force. He is the source of warmth we receive from the sun. He is the source of light. He's the source of oxygen we need. He is the originator of hydrogen. The bottling companies were not the source of spring water. He is the source. He's the source of every living thing on the planet. There is no life outside of him. Now, we know from history, it, it, as we've studied throughout history and we've studied through the sciences, we find that atoms are the building blocks of all human matter. Atoms are so small, our eyes can't see them. But if you would go even uh, closer down to the nucleus of the atom, in that nucleus there are eight positive charged uh, protons and eight neutrons. Scientists have this idea that equal forces always repel each other. If they repel each other... They have said that literally practically every object is a potential nuclear explosion. And yet, everything is held perfectly together. It's a question that scientists cannot understand. What is it that's holding it all together? I, I told Paula this morning on the way in about an article I read this week, Stanford University. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about things. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to talk about things I don't understand. Okay? If you understand them later, you can come explain them to me later. My mind is just... Stanford University is the site of a linear accelerator, a two-mile-long atom smasher. It is, 
It is a great lever with which scientists try to pry off the lid of the secrets of matter and describe and discover what is in this miniature world of an atom. The neutron, the proton, linear accelerator scientist. Never even heard that title before. You know, I'm a preacher. You're an electrician, Lyndon. Phil does ditches. Kim and Kirk, they're hot dog people. (laughs) Best hot dog stand in the state, right there. That's right. We have all these things. And then you have these guys... Linear accelerator scientist. They have discovered a complexity they never dreamed of. They have found that part, there are particles that they can't even invent enough names for. But one thing that they have consistently discovered is this. There is, <laughs> I love the way they describe it. There is some strange force that holds everything together. They don't know what to call it. (laughs) This is where you get these really brilliant people, but it gets dumbed down really, really fast. (laughs) They don't know what to call it. They don't know how to identify it. Actually, the words they use is there's some kind of a cosmic glue. And they say it is that cosmic glue that holds it all together. Friends, I would tell you today, it is no coincidence Jesus is holding all things together. The scripture says, in him all things hold together. It goes on and says this, he is the head, verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. Now, the head is the focal part of the body. Hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, thinking, speaking, reasoning all happens in the head. The body without a head becomes a corpse. Where Jesus Christ is not the head, there is no life. See, we're going to have to settle this issue today. Jesus is either Lord or he's not Lord. When Christ is not the head, there's no life, no hope, but only death and lifelessness. When Jesus is not the head of the church, underscore these words, there is no church. Now, y'all didn't get that. Where Jesus is not the head of the church, there is no church. There is an organization, but it's not the church. It could be a group of people doing nice things, but it's not the church. The only time it is the church, it's not when we put a sign over the door. It's not when we put out flyers or billboards. The only time it's the church is when Jesus is the head. Colossians 1 and 18, so that in everything, somebody say everything, Everything. so that in everything he might have supremacy. Unless Jesus Christ has supremacy in your life, you and I will never, underscore the word never, experience the incredible life we were created to live. Without him being not just a religious figure, but the Lord of our lives. And and in yielding to his lordship, we will never experience this abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10 and verse 10 until we submit to him. Here's Here's where it is. The call of all of this is to embrace Jesus as Lord. We have made Jesus out to be many things in the modern world today, but not Lord. We've made him our ticket to good things, but not Lord. We have made him, if you will, our sugar daddy, but not Lord. We've made him our winning lottery ticket, 
but not Lord. We've made him the bestower of grace, but not Lord. We've we made him the God of love, but not Lord. we made him the God of kindness, but not Lord. He is not our give us everything we want. Jesus is Lord. Much of the time we want what he offers, but we don't want to yield to his lordship. My friend, his ways are above our ways, his thoughts above our thoughts. Abundant life comes only through making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It's been said, and I said it a moment ago, you've heard it before, he's either Lord of all or not at all. He is never part Lord. He is never co-owner with you and I. He is owner of it all. Hmm. He's owner of your life, whether you admit it or not. Let me put it to you this way. You breathe your last breath and you tell me then who's in control. You go to the emergency room and your heart has stopped beating like they think it should. Who's in control? No wonder our world is full of fear. Listen, that, that Jesus took the sting out of death. He, listen, if my heart stops, the better yet is coming. It's not over. It's just beginning. How can that be? He's Lord over my life here, and he's Lord over my life there. The best place your life can be is in his lordship. We must get off the throne of our lives and surrender and let Jesus be in the rightful place in our lives as Lord. I want to tell you something. I don't make him Lord. He is Lord. I don't choose him. He chose me. The problem comes in, if you will, that he has given us free will. God will not make you go his way. He will allow you amazing, again, this is one of those things that just, he will allow you to disagree with him. Listen, have you ever got with somebody and you disagreed and they really got hot under the collar? They felt challenged. Have you ever felt challenged? What do we do when we feel challenged? We get all bent out of shape, don't we? Well, let me tell let me tell you something. When we feel I'm better than that, and I'm that. God will let you uh, uh, disagree with Him. It will not shake Him at all because He knows who He is. He's Lord. He'll allow you to go your own path, but it won't stop him from being Lord. Remember the words of John 10, I have come that you may have life and you may have it to the full. It is only found in Jesus. Now, Jesus later in John 17 said these words, you are blessed now if you do these things. Hear me this morning, nothing in your life will ever make sense until Jesus is Lord in your life. I just want to let that settle for a minute. You can keep striving. You can keep trying to figure it out. You know, before we came to Jesus Christ, you know, we thought we were in control of our life. And how many of you know we made a big, big mess? Big mess of our lives. Nothing in your life will ever make sense until Jesus is Lord of your life. What does that mean? It means he's the ruler. It means he's sovereign. It means he's master. It means he is owner. It means he, listen to this, he has sole authority. How many of you know that's a struggle for us in America? We are our own person. Personal freedoms. 740 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as Lord. 
How many times on this journey to find life and happiness do we think we know what the answer is? It will only be found, my friend, in Jesus Christ as Lord. If you want to walk the abundant life that Jesus gives, it won't come in your way. It won't come in your thinking. It won't come in your path. It will come from Jesus being Lord. The truth is my way, your way, gets in the way so much of the time. And the answer to your life will not come from your way. The answer comes, let me just, we live so much of our life in this standing up pose, chest puffed out, making our claim, standing our ground. Let me tell you what, the only way you're going to find the things you want to find will not be in your strength. It won't be in your brains. It won't be in your brawn. It won't be in all of your skill. When you begin to live life as you were created to live will be the day when you bow your knees and you say, Jesus Christ is Lord. You'll never have the marriage you're looking for until he's Lord over your marriage. We'll never have the church that he wants us to have until Jesus is Lord in the church. Our world will never be right. Listen, it doesn't matter who gets in office. Okay? It, 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 I realize you have your opinions and I have my opinions. It's never going to be right until in the end, Jesus sits on the throne and the world all bows their knee to his lordship. It will never be right until he puts it right in the end. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You are Lord. You're Lord. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I had not planned to do this. Sometimes these things just in the moment come. If you are physically able and you want your life to be surrendered, this is just an act of faith this morning. You want your life to be surrendered right where you're at. Would you just, as I'm doing, bow down on your knees. Uh, some of you, I realize you have physical things, and that's okay. It's okay, because it's really, it's really our heart. This morning, we're just going to do this together. We're just going to do this together. You know, if you're watching online, right where you're at, at home, or wherever you're at, we, we invite you to do this as well. And we're just going to pray a prayer together today. I'm going to lead us, but I really, this is where I can't make him Lord of your life, only you can do that. I want to encourage you to pray the prayer, Lord, I surrender my life, I surrender everything I am, I surrender my will, I just surrender it all to you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. As I lead us in prayer, would you just pray in that direction? Heavenly Father, today, um, it's really not found, uh, Lord, as we bow our, our knees and we bow our lives and our physical lives in this nature, it's, it's really just an act of faith, really where it comes to is the bowing of our hearts. We, today, Lord, I'm so sorry for the times that I tried to get back on the throne. So sorry for the times that I try to do it myself, my way, my path, my thoughts. I'm so sorry, Lord. And Father, today as we've gathered in this room and those that are watching online as they are one in spirit with us today, Father, we just say, Jesus, 
we want you to be the Lord of our lives. We do that by first of all acknowledging that you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. We believe that you are Lord and that you died upon the cross for our sins. And today we ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of our life. And we, we know that happens as we confess to you. We confess our need of you. We confess, the Bible says in John 1 and 9, we confess our sin to you. Not to anybody else. We confess our sin to you because you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, cleanse me of my way. Cleanse me of my stubborn will. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the days when self gets so inflated. Lord, today as our hearts and our knees are bent before you, we just invite you to be the Lord of our lives. Believers in you, followers, you are Lord. We submit and we surrender, Father, everything I have, everything I am, and everything I will ever be is yours first. Hmm. Father, there's so many things that I wrestle with that I don't have to wrestle with when you are Lord. I pray, Father, today, Lord Jesus, I pray today that you will be Lord of our lives. That we will submit and surrender to your plan and your ways, your word. We'll submit to it. We'll submit to it. We want you to be Lord. Lord over our marriage. Lord over our home. Lord over our businesses. Lord over our finances. Lord over our relationships. We want you to be Lord over the good relationships in our life, and we want you to be the Lord over the difficult relationships in our lives. We want you to be Lord. 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 Who? Lord, just each person individually, I pray that you'll just reveal to them what that means for them. As I know you're speaking to me today. Lord, today we just surrender and bow our hearts, bow our knees before you. And we declare that you are Lord. For he is Lord. He
Thank you. Thank you for being Lord. Thank you for being Lord over it all. Thank you for being our Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me today? I know that may take a little bit longer after you've been nailed down. <laughs> As we close, I just want to close with uh, just a moment of prayerful praise of gratitude. And some of you will give praise for things that God has done for you, and some of you will give praise for what He's doing in you. I want us to just take a minute and thank Him for being Lord. Lord over my past, Lord over my sins, Lord over my failures. He's Lord over sickness, He's Lord over disease, He's Lord over trouble. He's Lord over difficulty. Would you join me? And let's just give him thanks this morning for being Lord. Lord, I thank you today that you are my Lord. You are Lord over my life. Everything that touches my life, you are. You are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord over every sickness. You are Lord over every infirmity. You are Lord over every hurt. You're Lord over every disappointment. You're Lord over struggles. You're Lord over difficulties. You're Lord over my past. You're Lord over my present. You're Lord over my future. You're Lord over my sin. You're Lord Lord over my righteousness, you are Lord over everything. And I thank you that you are my Lord. Thank you that you are my Lord. And we give you all praise. And all the church said together, amen. amen in the spirit of agreement. I want to encourage you today as you leave to pick up one of the calendars out there. It has the, the 30 days of gratitude on it. God bless you all. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Thank you.